WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download that free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. A Benton Harbor woman is dead following a crash in Sodus Township this morning. The Berrien County Sheriff's Department says it happened at the intersection of Nickerson Avenue and Pipestone Road shortly before 8 a.m. A Honda SUV driven by the 55-year-old Benton Harbor woman was westbound on Pipestone at the intersection with Nickerson when she went through a red light and failed to yield the right-of-way to a box truck that was southbound on Nickerson. The truck and the SUV collided and the woman was killed. The driver of the box truck, a 53-year-old South Bend man, was not hurt. And police say alcohol was not a factor in the crash. After yet another protracted hearing of citizens opposed to a proposed development to the site of Nye's Apple Barn in St. Joseph Township, township officials have made a decision, more from WSJM's Ryan Younger. St. Joseph Township trustees on Tuesday unanimously rejected a special use permit for developers to build multifamily housing as part of a mixed use development at the former Nye's Apple Barn site where Niles Road meets I-94. Developers then withdrew their request for the board to approve the development. Residents of the adjacent neighborhood once again packed the township hall to voice their opposition, citing concerns ranging from traffic and crime to human trafficking and light pollution. Trustees largely agreed with the public as they went through the required criteria for approval of the special use permit. Here's Clerk Patrice Rose. I believe that not only will it inappropriately change the character of the R1 and the homes there, but it will significantly inappropriately change the essential character of the adjacent property. Abin Marsh says they will now work with property owner John Nye on the next steps. I'm Ryan Younger, WSJM News. No one is hurt following a shooting in Benton Township yesterday. The Benton Township Police Department says officers were dispatched to the 1700 block of Roberts Avenue on a report of shots fired. No one had been hit and no property was found damaged. Officers received descriptions of the suspects and found them not far away in the areas of Highland Avenue. The two 16-year-olds ran, but they were caught by police and brought into custody. They were found to have handguns in their book bags. The suspects were then taken to the Berrien County Juvenile Center. Police in Portage are investigating after four vehicles were hit with pieces of concrete on I-94 Sunday. One of them was a school bus from Bangor that was returning high school students to the school after a class trip to Cedar Point. A Bangor Public School Superintendent Lynn Johnson tells us that the students were westbound when a hole the size of a fist was knocked in the bus windshield. Glass flew all over the bus and the driver kept calm and pulled over. Johnson says two semis and an SUV were also hit. He's waiting for more information from police. In that area, there's also construction going on, but four vehicles in a row. It had to be something being tossed, is my belief. Johnson says the students waited while another bus was sent to bring them home. Obviously, I hope the culprits are caught because, you know, they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. You're talking about lives, multiple lives, with a school bus or any vehicle. Johnson says the event was stressful for the students and the bus driver, who he commends for staying composed. He went to the high school to meet the kids upon their arrival once he got a call about what happened. Portage police tell us there have been no arrests. The Lincoln Township Planning Commission is working on an ordinance to govern aging hotels. At a meeting of the Township Board of Trustees last night, trustee and commission member Mark Florian said planners want to ensure that hotel as hotels get older, there are rules for their maintenance and for the behavior of patrons. 
He told us more. What we want to make sure is that as these facilities age, that they're well taken care of. I think you're all familiar with some of the flagship hotels out there. They start off at a, at a very high level. You know, it's a Hyatt or whatever the, the brand might be. And then a couple of years later, it ratchets down to a, another flag. And then a couple of years later, another flag. That's because they could no longer maintain the status of the highest rating. Florian said Lincoln Township currently has seven hotels, all of which are reputable. However, as some get older, the Planning Commission wants to make sure that doesn't change. The ordinance could cover standards that hotels must maintain to get their licenses renewed each year. A dog is dead and two apartments are a total loss after a fire at Kojic Village Apartments in Benton Harbor yesterday. The Benton Harbor Department of Public Safety says firefighters were called to the complex on Territorial Road shortly before 7 p.m. on a report of a patio couch on fire. They arrived to find heavy fire on two floors in the attic of the two-story structure. Two units were lost, while six additional units suffered smoke and water damage. The total damage estimate is $750,000. Two people were taken to the hospital by ambulance for non-fire-related medical issues. Police are asking anyone with information on the cause of the blaze to contact them. They also ask for any pictures or video that may have been taken from the scene. There will be a celebration of travel in the tourism industry in South Haven tomorrow. Jennifer Sistrunk with the South Haven and Van Buren County Convention and Visitors Bureau tells us the city has been selected as one of five Michigan travel destinations to be part of a week-long series of events organized by Pure Michigan. Everything kicks off at noon with six food trucks at the Huron Street Pavilion. There will also be a DJ, live music starting at 5, and then a live recording and webcast of Under the Radar. That features Dave Lorenz of Travel Michigan and Tom Dalden of Under the Radar. And we will hear from over a dozen local industry professionals that are sharing updates uh, about various entities such as restaurants, museums. We've got representatives from hotels, rental facilities, and just anyone from the industry. They're all invited, and so we've got a nice lineup of people ready to be interviewed. Sister Unk says Lorenz and Dalden are traveling the state to five cities this week for the broadcast. She notes travel contributed $148 million to the South Haven economy in 2021, employing more than 2,000 people. The celebration at the Huron Street Pavilion will be free and open to everyone. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Republican New York Congressman George Santos pleaded not guilty today in suburban New York after he was taken into custody on more than a dozen federal criminal counts, including fraud, money laundering, and stealing public funds. ABC's Faith Abube is in Washington with more on how lawmakers are reacting. As Republican Representative George Santos faces decades in prison on a wide range of federal criminal charges, no public calls among congressional GOP leadership for the New York congressman to resign. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy telling ABC News the charges against Santos are concerning, but says, like every American, Santos will have his day in court. We can go through his time of trial and we'll find out how the outcome is. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise echoed the same sentiments. Faith Abube, ABC News, Washington. Santos, whose biography began to unravel after his election last fall, is accused of duping donors, stealing campaign funds, lying to Congress, and cheating to collect unemployment benefits that he didn't deserve. The 34-year-old was expected to be released on $500,000 bond following his arraignment at a Long Island federal courthouse about five hours after he surrendered to authorities. He told reporters he will not resign. The clock is ticking in Washington on the debt limit showdown between the White House and Capitol Hill. The government's expected to run out of money to pay its bills as soon as June 1st, and analysts say it could trigger an economic catastrophe. 
ABC's chief White House correspondent Mary Bruce reports from the White House. The president and congressional leaders met here at the White House for over an hour, but no progress was made. A sliver of good news, the two sides are discussing where they may be able to find common ground over spending. The bad news, no one is budging over the debt limit. Republicans say they won't pay off the nation's bills unless the president also agrees to steep spending cuts that would gut his agenda. The president says that is not going to happen, that Congress has to raise the debt limit without conditions, and then they can talk about spending. The president and congressional leaders have agreed to meet again on Friday. Donald Trump has long disparaged CNN, but tonight he's expected to join the network for a town hall in New Hampshire. His primetime appearance comes a day after a civil jury in New York found the former president liable for sexually assaulting an advice columnist nearly three decades ago. The first major television event of the 2024 presidential campaign already has drawn suspicion from both sides of the political divide. Democrats wonder why someone who still spread lies about his 2020 election loss should get primetime platforms. Conservatives question why Trump would appear on CNN and potentially give the network a ratings bump when he's been a frequent CNN critic. COVID-19 is no longer an emergency. According to the White House, ABC's Derek Dennis says more. Thursday marks the official end of the White House declaration of COVID-19 as a public health emergency. COVID response coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha says it obviously marks a transition for the U.S., but he insisted the Biden administration will continue its work to protect Americans against the virus. That includes investing $5 billion for vaccine development and treatments, more research on long COVID and how to address it, and more resources to improve indoor air quality nationwide. Dr. Joss saying the end of the public health emergency isn't the end of COVID, adding COVID is going to be with us as a long-term illness. Derek Dennis, ABC News. House Republicans have detailed what they say are concerning new findings about President Joe Biden's family and their finances. The GOP has been facing pressure to show progress in their investigations. Republicans say the smoking gun has recently obtained financial records connected to the president's son, Hunter Biden, brother James Biden, and a growing number of associates who allegedly received millions of dollars in payments from foreign entities in China and Romania. Investigators have relied on more than 150 suspicious activity reports as a roadmap to follow what they call the Biden's complicated financial trail. The White House on Wednesday dismissed the whole investigation as, quote, yet another political stunt. It was a mixed picture today on consumer prices and inflation. According to the latest numbers from the government, prices rose 0.4% from March to April. Overall, inflation is down year over year from what it was in March. Inflation, now at 4.9%, is also down from the peak last year at more than 9%. ABC's Rebecca Jarvis says some analysts are still worried about a recession and are predicting one could hit the economy this year. They are on the horizon. They're not tomorrow, but they're somewhere in the later half of this year. And a lot of that is tied to the jobs market, which, while it remains strong today, if you look at the overall numbers, we've been hearing more and more about layoffs in various industries. And if that becomes more widespread, that's where the recession fears really take hold. And it's just a reminder to be smart about your money, pay down your credit card debt if you're in a position to do so. U.S. officials will begin denying asylum tomorrow to migrants who show up at the Mexican border without first seeking protection in a country they pass through. It's part of the Biden administration's effort to crack down on illegal border crossings. At the same time, there are plans to create new legal pathways, including 100 regional migration hubs around the Western Hemisphere. Administration officials say the measures are meant to fundamentally alter how migrants arrive at the U.S. southern border. Coronavirus pandemic-related restrictions, known as Title 42, had allowed border officials to quickly return many migrants who crossed, but those restrictions end tomorrow. 
And the governor of California is uh, declining to publicly support reparation payments to black residents that have been recommended by a state task force that he created. More if maybe he's Alex Stone. California's reparations task force has voted to approve payments. It could be over a million dollars for some black residents based on how long they've lived in the state for injustices and discrimination in the U.S. going back to slavery. The recommendations would cost California taxpayers billions of dollars, but would have to be okayed by state lawmakers. Now Governor Gavin Newsom is declining to publicly support such a plan, saying dealing with legacy is about much more than cash payouts. The governor says other recommendations by the panel the state has already been working toward, like breaking down barriers to vote. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.